Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Pixel Podcast, uh, new and upcoming Pixel Podcast created by myself, and uh, it's about the Pixar community uh, and, uh, as a whole and the people that uh, are in it. So, um, my name is Julian. You know, I'm your host. Uh, we have Gray Lure and JD Zombie with me here today. Uh, say say hello to the chat and uh, everybody. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Gray, you want to go first? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Gray, and I do a lot of uh, art uh, or pixel art that has like uh, pretty pretty girls on it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm GD. I'm a pixel artist slash game developer. I do a lot of like top down like Pokemon Red inspired art. Uh, and I, a lot of tile sets and things like game dev work nice nice uh so yeah uh let's go ahead and get started uh first topic i'm going to be going over is um how you all got started in uh, pixar so whichever one wants to go first yeah uh so for me uh i actually didn't so i of course you i, I messed around with ms paint when i was young as mm-hmm. many did um but I didn't really get into the idea of doing game dev style or any sort of like creation of Pixar insight for the sake of like not just sketching around for fun, uh, yeah. any purpose. Um, until about 2017, where I would mess around MS Paint a bit more serious, look at references from games. Um, but March 2018, I came across a sprite uh, and some videos on it by Mortmore, who's now a good friend. Oh, okay. Um, and so I picked it up. Uh, t- didn't really touch it for the first year, but. Um, Starting September 2019, I really got into the groove of like working on projects and referencing very consistently and looking at tutorials and trying to get a good feel of like the medium because I didn't really come from an art background. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a programmer and I'm a computer science student currently. Um, but around that time, September of last year, I really kind of dove head in uh, to like the pixel world. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Uh, what about you, Gray? Um... Well, it's almost been a year since I started pixel art, and uh, right before I was in school for fine arts, and I was a traditional watercolor painter. Oh, nice. And I, uh, yeah, I bought a sprite on a whim, and I started making pixel art, and yeah, that's basically it. Hey, <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah, that's uh, actually interesting uh, that both of you, so one of you actually comes from a, uh, like, has actual art experience, uh, and then the other one doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting, because um, one thing I actually find uh, out a lot in the pixel art community is, um, I don't know if it's a majority, but like a lot of people actually seem to be coming into it um, with like no, or little to no like art experience at all. And, um, and it's true. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people who like enjoy the concept of like not having like brush with or a lot of like like your strokes don't really matter in a certain level of like scale um and so someone like me who didn't come in knowing a lot of like uh knowledge and shapes and things that would really come from a lot of practice and drawing in a sketchbook on a small scale for like uh sprites it doesn't actually matter you can just draw out the lines very slowly you know uh something you wouldn't normally do in a digital art sense yeah yeah for sure yeah um so what was uh let's see what what are some of your biggest inspirations like uh like in it doesn't have to be pix art um but it it just anyone like any artist uh 
for me, starting out when I was young, I, I uh, grew up with the Game Boy Advance, and so I had like Pokemon Gold on it and uh, other like pixel art games that I thought were very pretty. Oh, okay. um, and so it never really occurred to me that like, oh yes, I could draw this kind of thing. I never really broke down the sprites until I was on social media a lot later in my life, and I came across like Manella and Sagmao. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Their pieces, they're a lot more beautiful and big. Really, like, got me into it, and I still think they're like some of my favorite artists. Uh, those two. Yeah, for sure. Their ability to cram so much detail and like quality into a work to where it just looks like a like a painting, or it looks like you know something that like didn't get placed by hand so like fine. Yeah, uh, it shows they have such a control of the medium that like I got so invested. Yeah, and and that's one thing too. Like they've been in the game for like a while now. Um, yeah, I know Sign si- Mao. Uh, I, I think that's how you say it. Uh, I remember seeing like his work whenever I was first getting into Pixar, and um, like literally if you go on the uh, Pixel Joint website, uh, he's been on there for like a while. Um, like honestly, for like ten ten plus years, I feel like. Um, he's been doing Pixar, um, and he's definitely like one of the people I look up to and all that. So um, he has like a list of the games he's worked on too, and they go back like super far. Oh wow! Like he has like a document for it that he shares around, and like it's in, it's uh, yeah, it just shows that he's had so much time with it that he's like mastered it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, nice. What about you, uh, Gray? Do you have any uh pretty big inspirations for yourself? Yeah, um, I would say yeah, Pokemon was definitely a huge inspiration mm-hmm. um growing i my uh first game was uh Poke- pokemon yellow and uh gen 2 really inspires me uh like okay. the game boy color yeah kind yeah. of this thing. um but i'm also really inspired by like manga and um comics and stuff too oh so nice just a bunch of you know stuff all over yeah yeah um so what are your uh favorite or like what's your favorite pokemon game like out of all of them uh crystal crystal Crystal, okay what about you uh jd mine resonates with emerald um something about that like i I like the game boy color four color style but yeah the amount of like the what you really see in gen 3 is a lot of like shape definition where like you see like the round head of a charmander yeah um, yeah like the pointed wings of a Charizard, things like that. You're like that really like the fact that it looks so like 3D. Uh, as mm-hmm. much as I do love Gen Two, Crystal is a close second. Um, Gen Three really gets me going on like the this is the next step. This is like what like before I got to like you know I mean Gen Four is very complex and sprite art, but Gen Three really has that polished kind of like you know it looks like it looks like it could be like you know like a 3D little model. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, what are your opinions on? Uh like how they're how they're like progressing with the uh, pokemon series as far as like doing the whole 3d thing and stuff do, do you think they should uh like go back and um sort of like go back to their roots but like upgrade it so that it's it's still um like pixel art but it's like really high quality like maybe they even use uh like 3d models um similar to like dead cells like that game i don't know yeah like something like that do you think they should do that I personally, I mean, coming from an artist's perspective, I would love that because I saw the Dead Cells dev team, how they worked, and of course they have the models and they would pixel over it. Yeah. Um, and it definitely gives like a really, really pretty look to it. And I love the pixel style. And of course, they kind of cut a lot of corners with Gen 5's animation and stuff with rotation of pixels and mm-hmm. breaking of outlines. Um, and as much as I think it would be very 
I would enjoy it a lot. Uh, from a game dev perspective, it seems like it would be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, the model that they're following, they're making a lot of profit. Um, as much as I think the games could use that kind of tonal shift back to the roots, and I would really love to see that um, in a lot of the way they handle like the story progression, because now it feels like a lot more jumbled, a lot less stakes. Um, you know, when you're in Fire Red or in Red and Blue, originally, like you go up to the um, Nugget Bridge and your rival shows up and it's intense and like you're not. Oh, really yeah. <laughs> um, these kind of like situations that like, you know, gave a lot of, of course, maybe it was amplified as a kid when you're in these situations, but um, I really don't feel that now. Um, and mm -hmm. the pixel art style, I adore, and I definitely really would love to have seen what they could have done to push it further. For um, sure. But for sake of, like, animations, like, that, you could see that, like, animations got cut back in Gen 5 severely. Yeah. In a way that they could, like, do them. Um, they would reuse as many things as they could um, and make sure that any animations of, like, Pokemons on the battlefield were very limited. Um, it would be interesting to see what they could do, again, with that manpower behind it, but it doesn't seem like a very stable model for, like, how many Pokemon there exist now. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I I'd love to see them, like you know, go back to their roots and stuff. But yeah, it, it's very unlikely they will. Um, if anything, what they what they could do is um, even outsource like the some of the assets and stuff, so that another uh, like uh, developer team can actually work on like a side game, sort of. Um, yeah, because I mean, they do like they did like uh, I'm not. It wouldn't be like out of their league to do something like that. I'd yeah, love to see like. Again, like, if they could focus on, like, you know, the main series stuff and have that be a side thing, like a Pokemon Rangers type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, yeah. That, that, I think that'd be pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, and ha do any of you uh, actually have any experience uh, with, like, game, like, developing games? So, I personally uh, am on a team um, for call at Octosoft US on Twitter, so I get paid to do art for their game. Um, I'm an assistant producer as well as an artist, so I help manage the game's progress. Um, I also work on my own side thing. My own okay. Game. Nice. What about you, Gray? Um, I have. I don't really have any. Um, I I've dabbled with uh, Game Boy Studio for mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, and then trying some stuff with uh, Unity, but yeah, besides that, no no real experience yet with game dev stuff. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. Yeah. Um, so myself, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the previous episode, but yeah, I, I, I do have, um, some experience, um, as far as, you know, developing, like not really coding, but mainly how, like the whole workflow of how, like, you know, you put sprites into, a like a, um, an engine and stuff. And then you like, you know, make all the animations and all that thing, all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I think I used uh, yeah, it was Game Maker. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Game Maker is definitely one of the easier options. I think I tried Unity. Um, I think so. Unity is more catered for people like you know doing three D stuff. Um, I agree, and, and a lot of people they've made a lot of strides recently to say like, oh, you can do two D as well. Yeah, um, I'm personally using Game Maker Studio too. Okay, I have it in full, and I agree with you. Because yeah. a lot of people will say, like, oh, you can do, you know, 2D and Unity, but I agree. I don't think it's as fine-tuned. I mean, you could do 3D and Game Maker, but again, I wouldn't choose that as my initial uh, selection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, are, are any of you, like, excited for, you know, with the whole next-gen stuff coming out? Are any of you excited for any new games coming out? 
Astrid, you want to talk about your love for that strawberry character on the PlayStation 5? Oh my god, it's so cute. Yeah, I want to play, what is it called? Uh, Bug Snacks? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I know people have been, like, memeing that game so hard, but, like, honestly, it doesn't look that bad. Oh, it looks cute. Yeah. And I have to agree, the snacks are very pretty. Um, I don't think I'm looking forward to any specific games, but I do... I mean, of course, as I appreciate the indie scene, and it's really where I find my home, uh, knowing what developers can do to push the standard further mm-hmm. is really interesting because that's when you see, of course, like, um, a, a, you know, Mario 64, for example, is like was a great and stellar game at the time. Um, and then as indie developers catch up to that point, they really polish that style um, to the point where, you know, it's like Mario 64 was a product of its times. Pokemon Gold was a product of its times. So it has a lot of limitations that just bred out because of the hardware mm-hmm. as the indie scene catches up to where the triple a scene leaves but like a trail behind you end up getting these really polished products um that really like kind of like break down each of these kind of builds and as much as i would love to see like triple a developers kind of taking a step back to the roots seeing them pave the way um really helps the indie scene kind of get some more steps ahead for sure yeah i think it's um sort of like you know staying in your lane kind of thing like um like these these big triple A uh, studios are they're, they're mainly going like I mean you can't really deny they're mainly going for the money grab right and um the and I mean that that's one thing but but at the same time they are like as you said they're paving the way for these uh, indie studios as far as um, discovering like new technologies and new ways to do things um, and I think that's definitely uh, pretty helpful for indie studios and. Uh, anyone thinking about making games in general honestly yeah because they can afford the innovation they can yeah, afford to do exactly things that yeah are different um and that kind of gives like a perspective to the people who you know i don't I, it's not like i have a team of a thousand programmers to try some really robust engine but mm-hmm. they can give it any developer an insight of like oh i could try something similar yeah yeah for sure yeah um let's see uh so do any of you want want to talk about um your creative process like as far as um creating you know your art your pixel art. Do you want to start off with that one because I feel like yours is pretty cool. Uh. Yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I just go at it. Uh. I. I sketch an ace sprite and. Okay. Uh, how how is that? Of... How is sketching an ace sprite like? Do Do you use a tablet or do you use a mouse? Yeah, yeah, I use a I use a Wacom tablet, like a really old one. Um, okay. So so it's just like the the whole like the little drawing pad type one where it's like no screen or anything. Yeah, uh, this the screen ones take up too much room. Yeah, they really do. Um, they, I, I've been seeing uh, a trend actually. Uh, I don't know if you all have seen um, the 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 new Wacom uh like like the the display the display tablet it's like super small or whatever and um mm-hmm. it, it's apparently cheaper i think as well which is like kind of saying something because i guess they're finally recognizing that you know that there's all these um th- these companies coming out releasing tablets for like half or like a fourth of the price of their stuff and it's the same quality pretty much um and i guess they're finally realizing that hey uh you know maybe maybe we should like actually not <laughs> not be like greedy for once and and uh actually create yeah. something for you know for uh for people who want something a little smaller um 
doesn't take up as much space and all that stuff. So, and not everyone's an industry professional. Right? Exactly. Eleven hundred on like a giant thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one thing as well. Like, uh, I don't know if any of you ever used Photoshop, but um, I, I really want to get Photoshop, but I just cannot do subscriptions. I I will not do it. <laughs> I agree. It's uh, it's not worth as much as like you know they make you pay. Yeah. It's you know there's. There's alternatives uh, out there, I believe, for depending on like what you're trying to do. But it, Adobe's kind of system is really weird. Yeah, the the only thing that would justify it as well is like if you are in the industry already, which is not really helpful, honestly, because most people <laughs> who want to get into the industry want to use Photoshop, but like they don't really make it that accessible. I mean, I get, I guess it is like nice that it's so much cheaper um, of a payment method, but um, like in the long run, it ends up costing you more. I think, um, yeah, especially if you like use it for years and stuff. So, it's what really attracted me to like something like Ace Sprite, where it's like fifteen dollars or twenty dollars, and just you know, that's it. You're done. Yeah, You're yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I miss I miss that because <laughs> um, um, I know uh, like th they used to do it so that you would you would pay like I don't even know it was like two hundred or something for like a license. Um before they, they came out with like, you know, the whole creative cloud thing and stuff. Um Yeah, and I don't it's it's interesting that you like you have to buy and then always update. So if you really want like an older version, you have to buy the newest one and download the old one. Yeah. It's not like you can buy like, you know, CS six or something and then, you know, keep that because it has what you need, uh, as opposed to like just getting the most up to date. Mm-hmm yeah that's um i don't know like i i don't use uh photo or i haven't really used photoshop too much so i've never really got to the point where i couldn't like not use it um yeah and like so for my digital stuff because i actually do um digital art like just non-pixel digital art um and and i do it on uh procreate on the ipad and that's like so like th like that's basically what I, what all I need um and I think that's all pretty much anyone would ever need um unless you're doing super like detailed stuff um but but if you're just doing like you know illustrations or even concept art and stuff I think stuff like procreate um are better for you I guess because you know it's not too many things going on as far as like the UI and all that stuff um yeah, a lot of people recommend it, and I think it's a like a really good program because it also, of course, supports iPads and things that you know already a cheaper alternative to a big you know screen tablet. Um, and it's, it was really just like the the money saver combo in terms of digital art um, that you see very often. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, chat is saying that you're quiet. I thought I like adjusted it, but <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh. Let's talk about, um, do, do you all have any hobbies, uh, other than art? I, uh, I mean, of course, like, as a game developer, I try to play a lot of games that, like, will inspire me, and things that, like, perhaps would, like, because I, I play some games, and then, like, these mechanics I've never seen before, and I try to do, reach out to things that might give me a better perspective, um, yeah. but outside of, like, the gaming realm, uh, I try to, like, I try, I have a guitar, and I try to, like, play it often, I try to, like, uh, my friends taught me how to skateboard recently, and, and of course, it's a bit of a oh, lockdown nice. right now. But I like to go out and be a bit more active when I uh, am able to. Yeah, 
Uh, what about you, Greg? I uh, recently picked up rollerblading. Oh, nice. That was, that's fun. Uh, Have you fell yet? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was like, how many days of doing it? You sent me a video of you falling already. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yes, I was kind of scared uh, at first because it's the, the fear of falling, you know? You don't know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. And then it finally happened. I fell for the first time and I was okay. So I'm not as scared anymore. Proper nice. safety equipment, make sure you don't bump your head, you know? Nice. Yeah, I think um, that's actually that that kind of relates to Pixar in a way because um, you know, you you first start right, and then and then you uh, you, you're like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And you're afraid of failing and stuff. Um, I think a lot of like smaller Pixar artists um struggle with that. I know I know I have um in the past, but right now I'm at the point where I just really don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll just like. I'll just make whatever, and if it's not coming, like, you know, I'll just leave it and just come back to it some other time. Um, I it's think it's honestly really true. Um, uh-huh. a, a friend of mine pointed out that even some bigger artists that, like, you know, have a standard set for them will be afraid to fail because what if they draw something and it's not really good? I feel like this is more of, like, the intermediate level. Um, yeah. I feel like professionals don't really get this. I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they'll draw something and be like, well, if this isn't good, like, maybe this isn't as good as my recent five pieces does this mean I'm getting worse? Like they overthink and it prevents them from even trying to make something because they're so worried that it won't meet the expectations of their current stuff. Because yeah. people always think that's like a linear process of improvement when in reality, you know, not every piece will be your best. Not every month you'll have like a spurt, like a, a, a growth spurt um, yeah. of like progress. And so people are afraid to make something that's not that good. Yeah. Um, I, I relate to that a lot. Yeah. Because like um, whenever I was posting art, like, pretty consistently in like the past like month or two i was like feeling good about it and everything and then like i just hit a huge art block um to the point where like i i, I literally like opened something up right in ace spray and then I, I just like wouldn't know where to go like after like maybe 30 minutes of just like messing around um and i just yeah i don't know i just couldn't like actually create anything that i that i thought like looked worthy of posting on the internet or anything um and i think that's like something a lot of people uh experience as well um because i know i know a lot of art artists i follow i feel like they they don't they don't post like everything there's no way because like especially like some some who like literally only posts maybe like a, a week at a time or something like that like there's no way that they spend like a whole week just on one single thing like they, they've got to be doing other stuff as well um yeah, yeah i know for sure more uh he likes to draw things and just delete it never even save it because he likes kind of like getting that kind of like you know get the gears turning you know, oh, okay. um a lot of people will draw things and not share it uh a lot of big artists too um yeah because you know not everything is meant to be for the public eyes um mm-hmm. you know if you if you go in thinking too hard about someone observing your work that's why I think a lot of the stress comes in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You get you get like all self conscious about it and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, since, since you mentioned more, um, do y'all want to tell me a little bit about how how y'all uh, like met him? I guess it's interesting because back when I started streaming, so Green and I started streaming Pixel Art around the same time. We didn't know each other at the uh-huh. moment. Um, I started I streamed games for a while on Twitch. It was just kind of like a hobby thing. 
Yeah, um, yeah. But I talked over Pixlart around that September region. I think she started a month or two before. Um, she came across the channel just by Pixlart tag. We became friends. And I'd already hung out in Mort's chat a lot and Gray as well. And um, Mort just kind of looked at us and was like, hey, this guy seems cool. And um, yeah. <laughs> kind of brought us along because he ended up forming a stream team with us. So it was us three at the time. Yeah. Um, which was weird because, again, like he's the reason I really got into Ace Sprite, into like, you know, game dev, and kind oh, of pushed, sure. pushed it a bit further. And so um, it was just like this uh, moment where he picked us out of the chat and was like, you know, over time, we just ended up getting to know him really well. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I know, like, I remember probably like a few years ago seeing uh, his, like, his uh, Pixar tutorials or whatever, like, floating around the internet. And I was like, yo, this stuff is really cool. And then I actually discovered his YouTube channel. And, like, that's actually pretty big, honestly, like, especially for uh, a Pixar artist. Um, you don't see too many Pixar artists with, like, that, that following on YouTube, um, especially. Yeah, I think a lot of people funnel to him for the tutorials because they're very high quality and like they're very expl uh, they have good explanations. Yeah. And if you if you search up pixel tutorials, it's hard to avoid a Mort video in your recommended. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Oh, um, what what are your favorite games? Or I mean, your favorite game currently? So like, just pick one, I guess. Ready? You want to start? uh no no you i try not to take too much of the initial questions um uh, yeah. currently i'm playing through xenoblade chronicles definitive edition for the oh, nintendo okay. switch um i had played the original one on the wii a while back back in 2015 mm -hmm. um and it's a really big game for me because a lot of games don't captivate me plot wise um you know you'll you'll make up your own as you go or like maybe have some fun with things that weren't intended but the grasp of that game in the the way that it makes you feel for the characters, the voice acting, um, it really pulled me in at a young age. Being like, because of course I was like 15 playing it, and um, I just I had never experienced such like a heart wrenching story, um, at least one that like really did a good job of making me feel for them. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm playing through that on um, in my off time, and you know seeing the updated graphics. So the Wii wasn't the best console, especially for such a big game. They mm -hmm. had to reuse a lot of textures. It had to be a little low quality, but seeing an HD. Um, with the voice acting really like reminds me of like what it is to tell a good story um, yeah. and you know the gameplay is really fun and the mechanics are a bit like an MMO where you yeah. like you know combo your moves with cooldowns like it's not a focus on item grinding like Final Fantasy but a bit more about like you know it you know you have so much less to focus on because just your attacks just the enemy manage your health um, okay and you want combo moves and stuff so it kind of it kind of allows me to focus on like what makes a game fun it doesn't need a million effects of like you know item management and like you know stat management job classes is just the game and it's it's a game that i still adore nice yeah uh, so what about you greg uh i've been i revisited um oblivion oh okay uh, yeah 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 uh it's uh it's a lot of fun i uh played it in high school and i wanted to revisit some of the plot because there is some like I, I don't think I played through the the main story I think I played like some of the side quests like the um the dark brotherhood and stuff oh um, okay yeah so I want to play the main story so that's kind of what I'm doing right now um nice. yeah um I remember like I think actually a bit oblivion was the first Bethesda game I've ever played um 
and then and then they released uh, Skyrim and you know that like took off like literally people still play Skyrim like to this day and like stream it and it actually has a pretty good following and everything still um and I think uh that that's largely in part of the the modding uh in that game uh there's a whole community yeah. based around modding and um I know that there was even this project that I saw one time where they were recreating uh, all of Tamriel in in uh, Skyrim. Um, or wait, wait, Tamriel is like the whole world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they were recreating uh, all of Tamriel in uh, in just like the Skyrim game. Um, so they had all the other continents and things. Um, you could travel to them, and I thought like that's freaking insane like literally the the devs didn't even do that like <laughs> like they're basically yes. taking their jobs <laughs> yeah it's um i actually think some of the skyrim modders got hired on to bethesda oh yeah i think uh, i saw that too yeah, but yeah it's actually not like world. i would say that, like when the mine community really loves a game like it's you know that's it's the game that won't die you know yeah because they add more content and love to it um, for sure yeah um uh, i'm trying to think of like some other good examples um but that that's like the the one that stands out the most is uh skyrim um for I, sure. I, I mean like obviously even growing up i remember watching videos where like of course i understood the skyrim hype but then later like i didn't even realized that like the modding community was so big until you see like that one video of like thomas the tank engine as a dragon oh my um, god yeah and like that was like it really like you know it, they had so much different like the experience is so different when you mod it because they're like you have a goofy run where like you're like you're like macho man randy savage is your character or something yeah um, <laughs> and, or you could do like a lot of the immersion mods with like hd textures and things that kind of bring you into the game a bit more mm -hmm. I, I like the ones where they're they're they usually do like uh like they grab stuff from other like media so like star wars and like superman all that stuff they take that and throw it in there and i think that's super fun honestly it, lo it looks ridiculous though when you actually see it but i mean it's all good good fun in there mm -hmm. um i i know like uh recently i've actually I, I bought um fallout 76 um because it was on sale and i remember whenever the game first came out uh it was getting like 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 roasted like every <laughs> everyone was roasting the game um and and I, I like gave it a shot because it was on sale so like why not and i heard they uh they recently updated and stuff so that it's like not as bad now and i've actually been enjoying it um I, i've gotten like a, a lot of games recently just because the whole steam sale going on so like I, I played it for like an hour or so and then i like went on to something else um <laughs> that attention span yeah it's hard to yeah. They can sit down and play something for a long period of time. Yeah, when you're young, for sure. Like especially whenever I uh just like buy like a bulk like of games like whenever there's a sale going on because I'm like okay which one do I want to play and then I'm like uh all right uh, I really want to give this other one a shot but like this game is so fun and like it's so confusing honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really does feel like I'll buy six games and then two of them I'll play eventually. You know the other ones I'll have to wait a few years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I know. Like my in my Steam catalog, I think it, I have like over like a hundred games, but I've only touched probably like like forty, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like at um, best, yeah. Yeah. 
And like even even those ones that I've touched, like I've probably I will only play like consistently maybe like three of them. Um, I the, assume are those the games that usually like you can play like think like something like Smash where like there's no goal. Yeah, like, yeah. Like or CS or Overwatch. Like um, uh, yeah, I was mentioning uh, in the in the last episode uh, the game Rocket League. Um, that's <laughs> one of the games that I can always come back to, um, e- even though it's like it's kind of dying now, um, and I hate to see it. But you know, I feel like most. Um, sports games like eventually die just because they usually either it's one of the ones like a like a um, ea game or something where they have a long line of uh of games coming out in the future so like pretty much people just like move on to the next uh the newest one Mm -hmm. um but with a game like rocket league where there is no uh successor to it it kind of sucks to see it die because they're 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 not going to be making a new one at least for any time soon um but like that that game i like fell in love with that game uh, i remember when it first came out and and i used to play it with friends and stuff and it was like it was just a good time altogether. um did they still rotate out like the different game modes because i have a good number of hours and i have about like 60 hours roughly oh, um okay. and i like i like playing like the hockey puck one where it's like because uh, like, yeah. like that changed up the game i think where like the physics of it were so different that you'd want to like the, the setups were different, how you would play around with the the track was different. And I feel like, I mean, of course, a lot of sports games don't have a lot of different, you know, nature to it. Yeah, um, Overwatch or something can change up maps, change up characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole dynamic game mode can change in, in any way they want to be like a you know points like if it's like capture the point or like yeah. push the payload. Um, sports games don't really have that as much, and as much as I, I think sports games can probably do really well. I mean, you see things like, um, like uh, they make like you know foosball and Smash Bros or something like this. Oh, so many yeah. different games and ways you could probably goofify it. Same with Rocket League, where it's not soccer; it's a you know a toyified version. Yeah. Um, but like a combination of those kind of things could really make a long-lasting game, especially if they have like a lot of modding support. Um, because I think Rocket League was a really stellar game. That really mm-hmm. stood out, and the sport, like you know, I think I like golf with your friends, where it's like you know mini golf, but where there's a bunch of twists to it, where you can like you know add a bunch of things where you could jump, or maybe you have oblong shapes that don't really play well. Yeah, um, yeah. That's really because like you know, something like Rocket League now, it doesn't really have a lot of repeal. Like once you're kind of bored of the main game mode, there's nothing else. Yeah, um, and actually, someone in chat just mentioned Stardew Valley. Um, uh, I actually want to talk a little bit about that. Um, so I remember when the game first came out, um, I didn't even know exactly what it was. I was like, oh, nice, a little farming simulator, okay. And I didn't give it a second thought. And then um, I remember reading about how it's made by one guy. And I was like, wait, what? Are you serious? <laughs> and then um, I was like, okay, I have to give it a shot. And I remember like the first time I played the game, I like easily sink like a hundred hours in like a week or something like that um and and i just like was addicted to it and i was like why am i like so addicted to this game and i don't know i don't know i really don't know what it is but um i think it's just like the replayability um it's like really fun to come back to um especially whenever they come out with new updates and everything um and and just seeing like how you can like you know raise your farm in a different way like you know you can go like fully uh, animals and just farm animals or you could go fully vegetables and plants and all that stuff um, and I think that versatility is what made it 
blow up actually did you find yourself liking like the harvest moon games and similar things from before or are you never really into that kind of genre um uh i never was into it but that's purely just not me being exposed to it i think um i never really played um anything other than like fighting games like as a kid yeah so i was like you know i was taking my frustration out i didn't want to play chill games i just wanted to like rage and stuff <laughs> like i mean yeah i get you i get you yeah um but now that i'm older and slightly wiser um you know i like to sit <laughs> back and and uh you know play something that won't raise my blood pressure and stuff so yeah um, uh those kind of common games definitely like you know it's like why i open minecraft every so often it's like minecraft you know i played it for a long time but being able like you know in the old days i like to go with my friends like we just like you know go on, like the the servers with like mini games and stuff and more high octane uh like intensity but like now just being able to go mine for like an hour and yeah. just kind of forget things and kind of decompress i think that's what like as i get older i really find the value in mm-hmm. yeah have you why. have you played like the recent um update um like where they like uh, redid all the textures and stuff oh um i i haven't played quite that recently i i played i, I played since the texture update but like the recent like most things i think they had like they had like pandas and like bamboo stuff oh okay. um, i haven't really gone that recent but i mean the last time i played was probably like a year ago yeah um and so i i don't i'll pop on and normally with friends who will like go in and like just spend some time on a world that's like a throwaway world where you're not too attached to it you're not too like invest in you know spending a thousand hours building a castle but yeah. you kind of get to live a little bit for it but i think it's the game the updates have been really like adding a lot of cool stuff too i keep up with like the seeing the changes but haven't had a chance to sit down and experience it yeah so i have a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with uh, minecraft um so i remember whenever actually whenever it first came out i didn't even like give it any mind because i was like this game looks kind of dumb. <laughs> and uh, so I gave it a shot. Um, and surprisingly, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, I remember playing it with friends a lot. And um, yeah, I just remember... Actually, I think I played it first on console. Uh, and then I tried it on PC, but I didn't have any friends on PC. So uh, I like just stopped playing it. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but the thing about that game is like... So for me, I, I'm like one of those gamers that like I need a goal. And in Minecraft, like you can make yourself goals, but overall the game doesn't really like give you goals beside building things. Um at, at least at least whenever I played at the time. I don't know if they changed it uh now so that there's like more more things to accomplish and stuff, but um I I I, I just oh wait, did you have something to say? Yeah, yeah. Um I feel you on the goal thing yeah. because I feel like more likely to play if I have friends that are playing and they have goals and yeah. I just like go with it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I just collect flowers and stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. Yeah, and then you just go swimming and then get attacked by like an octopus or something. Or do they do they have sharks in that game? I don't believe they have dolphins now. Okay. Nice. Everybody likes dolphins. It's so. <laughs> very cool. cute. Very cute. Yes. Uh, I actually had this talk with my friends recently about the idea of like a goal because multiplayer games in specific, like um, I, I'm a big fan of like the Call of Duty Zombies from when I was young uh, oh, because yeah. you could waste time. Because of course, when you're a kid, you like to waste time, and mm-hmm. so we just play rounds, get to the highest round possible, um, and it's uh, like way survival based. So 
that was kind of the idea. But as you get older, like there's Easter eggs, so like these long, complicated steps of like do this, then do this, you know, survive doing this while doing this, and like it gave us a really clear goal. And we yeah. kind of knew what we were doing. We knew that we were progressing. And that I can't really find a lot of multiplayer games now where like we can have some really clear set goals. I mean, there's of course like things like Borderlands where you have a very clear story path. Yeah. Um, but having an open-ended game that has the option of like, if you want to do something challenging, here's some concrete goals. I really value that now because, you know, in an open-ended sense, like I feel like I just, for me, I'll feel like I'm wasting time if I'm not exactly. like, pursuing at least like an imaginary video game goal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, f- I feel that a lot. Um, actually, I wanted I wanted to, uh, we were talking about our favorite games and I forgot to mention one of mine. Um, so I don't know you you've probably all seen like the whole Last of Us uh, thing going on online, um, yeah. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Uh, have you have any of you ever played it? The, the I one? have played the first game, but I not do not know much about the second. Um, from what I've seen, the second one looked pretty good. Okay. Um, so you haven't like seen any of the, like the whole spoilers and all that stuff. I've seen I've seen some of the spoilers sadly by going around. Uh, ah, okay. <laughs> so I understand a lot of like the things people talked about, but so uh, it's actually been been getting pretty rough for Naughty Dog. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but they like released a like a, I think a statement or something about like you know all the harassment and stuff, and I'm like, like. I don't understand the the mindset of like you know these guys like hating on the game and like first of all, I, I, okay, like there's there's one thing of getting mad at at Neil because you know he's one of the ones that who had like um a large part in the story, um but but like you know you're getting mad at these like people who who uh like say for instance they're like oh I work uh. I work at like I do lighting and and not in uh The Last of Us Two or something like that. You know, people with these like odd jobs or whatever, um, they aren't like you know running the show or anything, and and people are like literally like telling them to like jump off a bridge and stuff. I'm like, what? Well, like, yeah, why? <laughs> Harassment of industry members is always been an issue. Uh, I mean, like you see that a lot with like the Star Wars fans yelling at like the actors. And oh yeah. Uh, they're from movies, and it's weird to me because, like, you like, there's no, there's no reason for it. Like, I don't care how much you hate a game. There's never an excuse to, re- like, to even like be so cruel about it. Exactly. Um, giving, you know, the best feedback you can give is say, "All right, I don't like this game. I'm not going to buy it." Yeah. Um, because you know what's you know telling saying rude things to even the members who have the pet control to do it won't mm-hmm. do anything. Leaving exactly. reviews saying like this is you know why I didn't like this game. And you know, giving like your your full on opinion of it rather than like um like the, some hate is the best way to give back because you know the Renane demo the game I work on we had a demo recently for the Steam event that went on and people were giving feedback on like oh this I don't like how this feels uh this you know you know maybe this camera movement hurt my eyes whatever whatever mm. and the direct feedback they didn't say this sucks this is stupid they gave us like one to one this is why I don't like this like Could actual this be criticism. Yeah, yeah, and then we made a bunch of changes, and people loved it, and it's it allowed us to understand what the players want because this was a quote from I believe Ben and Rudis I saw going around the creator of River City Girls. Um, mm-hmm. No one sets out to make a bad game. Yeah, no one sets out to make a game that sucks and people hate. Um, For sure, at least in like a large, more professional sense, because like 
Well, people who made The Last of Us 2 didn't make it because they want people to hate it. They wanted to make a good experience that you know, was a bit gritty, a bit you know, dark, and all that. Yeah. Um, and so why just like ruthlessly trashing on it? You do nothing but like you know make some people upset. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I definitely. Yeah. I. I. I relate to that. And. And. I. I like again. I. I don't really understand that. That whole mindset. But again, I think it's just like. You know, trolls will be trolls, and it's you know, it's that that whole thing. Um, yeah, it's it's a vocal minority for sure. Because yeah, I, most people are very respectful. For um, sure, I've gone to host booths at PAX East for for Nate, and people come up and say the nicest things, and they're always so sweet about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it really reminds you that like not everyone's gonna be that you know ungrateful in a sense. Yeah. So actually, speaking of Renee, uh, do you want to like talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So. Renane is an action platformer uh, that's you know been in development for quite a while. Um, I, I knew about I met them through PAX East 2018 where they were doing their Kickstarter phase, uh -huh. um, and so they're like you know it started like the game itself started off with like a college project of someone who the creator uh, Squidly, and so uh, after like a few years of knowing them, I helped out with a booth and stuff. They brought me on as producer as an assistant producer to help like kind of streamline the process for the game, and then uh, recently a couple months ago as an artist. Nice. So, I, I've known about the game for a while, like helped out, but now that I've kind of had a more professional role in the mix, um, and it's like been a really cool experience because, of course, being able to work through the pa packs gave me a lot of like experience from the front end of dealing with people, watching people play the game, being able to bug test and figure out things on the fly, like you know, uh, like oh, why that happened, why this bug occur, um, yeah. And so now they're kind of reaching the final, like with me along, I've been making sure that things are getting kind of finally pressed out it's like oh this level here is done we finished this it's all good let's move on making sure that like we kind of get everything wrapped up and good mm -hmm. um because they've gone through a few major changes of like uh some of the art changes and like uh like you know things that would require like, well, like a bit of an overhaul yeah um, now it's kind of reaching its final state that, that's um, cool um and, and so it's coming out like is there any release date or you can't talk about that <laughs> We've been saying this year in a, a hopeful aspect, but with a lot of the craziness, we aren't sure. Um, my goal is to push it out. I mean, make sure that things get done as effectively and quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I would say that first half of next year, definitely, um, in a hopeful sense, hopefully, we could see how things are going by the end of this year to give like a more accurate statement. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'll be interested. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out, um, looking out for that. Um, Always gotta support those indie indie devs. Um, yeah. So so like, what what are your future goals? Um, either you can answer this. Great. You wanna start with this one for once? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, well, I I kind of want to get into game dev stuff. I'm intimidated by it. Ah. Uh. So that's kind of why I feel like I haven't started much of it. Um, like tiles and like animation and all that seems kind of scary especially since i'm like kind of in my comfort zone of like illustration it's just yeah I'm doing illustration but smaller i definitely relate to that yeah which um, is funny because her and i are very opposite on that fact i'm really uh, good at tiles but bad at illustrations hey hey that means y'all y'all make a good team then <laughs> so actually yeah. funny enough, on wednesday i'll be helping her on her stream with tile stuff and then later she'll be helping me with portrait stuff so oh, we're kind of cool. really help each other on that aspect <laughs> that's nice yeah um 
Yeah, like, so towels with me have always been, like, something I've put off. Um, I always wanted to, to get into it, but because it, it just seems, like, so much more efficient than, like, you know, drawing everything, like, okay, so for me, I'm, I'm an environment artist, right? So if, if you're doing tiles um, or if you're doing environments, you can always use tiles because especially if you're doing uh, more of a, like, a mock-up type thing as well. Um, it'd be it'd be super inefficient to like draw everything and like not use tiles in in, in like a side scroller type background. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, so like tiles are so important when it comes to that. And what Renee's taught me is that I, I guess, of course, so they had like a style kind of implemented at the time, and I kind of joined onto it. Um, even from things, so of course, I work with like tiles. Um, in the foreground. Uh, even in the background, the uh, parallax backgrounds are tiled in a sense, but there might be just large sections that are tiled over. Um, and, you know, the application does really come up everywhere, where yeah. you may draw a really cool mushroom in the foreground that's like a block, but because you, you know, you know, you could use these pieces of it to remake it to another tile. Basically, an example of this would be the signposts in Pokemon Red and Blue are actually parts of the roofs, like the mm -hmm. roofs of the houses on the exterior. Oh, um, nice. They're the same tile, but reused. And so, of course, that was for a data limitation reason. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, when you get to the idea of tiling things in a more effective manner, you realize, oh, this thing here could be used here, you know, and you end up saving so much time. The same way you would save, um, you know, time using a frame of animation. Like yeah. An animation. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super cool. Um, I think anyone who does art would definitely appreciate... Um, you know, using something that can be used in another part of, like, whatever you're working on. Um, so, like, for instance, like, with digital art, you know, you use, like, certain brushes, right? And um, they have brushes for all sorts of things. Um, like, I think a, a good example would be, like, a like a grash brush or, brush or something like that, um, where where you, you literally don't have to, like, draw every single little strand of grass, like, or not strand or... I forgot what what uh, blade of grass. Yeah, blade. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word. Uh, yeah. So like, th there's there's brushes for that. Like, you don't have to like go and draw every single blade of grass. Um, and a good point on that. I actually watched. Oh, this was many many years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Rubber uh, Ross Donovan, Rubber Ross, uh, Rubber Ninja. Um, he draw. He did a little thing where he drew a small coin on a desk in a like you know a, for an illustration. They yeah. made that a brush and then drew stacks of coins by just copying it up um, oh, and using uh... it as a brush. And so, like, it was an example of, like, that kind of same idea where, like, reusing stuff, you know, no one's going to make you draw, a th you know, if you have, like, a bookshelf, you're not going to need to draw every book individually if exactly. you know how to be smart about it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in those things, like, sure, there's something that you, you see a lot in game dev is where, where does these details matter? If I drew every book by hand or every coin by hand, would it really affect the player? Or if I drew them all as a brush, would they never even notice? yeah um, uh, they won't you know yeah and i feel like uh so whenever artists do things like that um they, they use like you know the whole efficiency and um they use like workarounds and stuff i feel like sometimes they try to avoid it just because uh like if you spend a lot of time say for instance like you know you're using an example a bookshelf like if if an artist had a piece and there was a bookshelf and they spent like a lot of time in it and um people actually noticed it whenever they posted it. They're like, 
whoa, I love this, but like that that bookshelf is like so freaking detailed. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like I feel like they really appreciate that. And um, I think yeah. So oh. like with with art, I think um, it's kind of different. You know, if if you want to put a lot of detail into, into like one thing or a lot of things, um, I definitely think uh, once people notice that, it definitely makes you feel more accomplished. Oh, for sure. A friend of yeah. mine actually shared a piece where it was like a oh, like a woman kneeling in a river and then she had like a bloodied knife and then the, the water was like washing away the blood off the knife into the uh. stream. It was like a very subtle effect and that like I noticed because um, I was like taking a deep look at it and she was like, oh, thank you for noticing, you know. <laughs> uh, I do the same thing. I try to do some things like that. I did an animation recently of a Charmander in an Earthbound style and like I, uh-huh. I made like the number for the HP, like the Charmander's national dex number, like things that like just don't even, like no one even consider. Yeah, um, but when people point that out, I'm like, hey, they're really paying attention. Yeah. Um, and for a game sense, it's a bit harder because I mean, for something like you do, right, illustrations of like uh, like larger pieces, yeah. they can kind of stare and get a feel for it. But like um, in a cutscene, like for Hyperledge, if you're a beautiful game, uh, I don't get the chance to stare at the cutscenes while I play. I get to take in as much as I can, so those small details are normally lost unless you go back later mm-hmm. and like watch over with a yeah. I, I think uh, I mentioned it last time, but that that's uh, or last episode, but uh, that's that's like one of my favorite indie games ever. Um, I think everything they did about that game. So uh, it, it's it's one of those things where like people see this and they're like, I've never seen anything like this before, and it just starts like a trend. Um, oh, for sure. And and I I don't know how like. That's one thing I've been trying to do with my art. Um, I've been trying to like do new things and stuff, but like at the end of the day, like everyone always takes inspiration from something, um, and it's it's how you can twist it and make it look like it's something that you actually made. Uh, and that's where the idea of multiple inspirations comes in. You know, yeah. you don't want to pull from one type of game, and I try to like look at things that are very far apart and say, well, how would I merge this gap? Well, how would I bring this influence in that I really like from this game that's apparent and you know maybe not in these games and bring those things together because you know people will be inspired by a lot of things you'll have your games compared to a lot of things and your art compared to a lot of things uh-huh. whether they're inspirations or not <laughs> you know yeah and, uh pack for renane we would get compared to games that we've never heard of or yeah. games that we had you know never the creator had never played um that, and so that's like cool. yeah and it's nice to see of course of course whenever you get compared to a good game like they're like oh this is like super metroid and like the movement we're like sure yeah uh <laughs> all right <laughs> You know, like yeah. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it, you know, it's is people try not to like delve too deep into an inspiration of one source, and I understand mm-hmm. that from like a sake of making something your own. Um, but like I, a lot of people will compare things just out of like being like, oh, this reminds me of, and then like it's such an afterthought. Yeah. To like hear that and be like, dude, am I ripping off this thing? Like it never means more than just like a side comment from someone. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. So we talked a little bit about Gray's uh, future goals, but what about yours? For me, uh, I'm since of course I'm pretty new to the art scene, mm-hmm. so I've been doing a lot of different styles of uh, drawing. So I've done like 2D tile sets and top down, and then character animations for both. So like for Renane, I would be given a character and I would have to like animate it and like their idols and stuff. Same mm-hmm. like top down uh, for my own personal things. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten into like portraits, and uh, I wanted to get into the idea of backgrounds and like trying to like doing what I can. Um, and I've done like overlays for a friend where like for their stream where I did like a whole scene thing. Oh, um, yeah. And trying to like really branch out and see these kind of different aspects of art, and like really what kind of resonates with me. Um, mm-hmm. And so like 
of course, I, I since I work small, I work with like you know sixteen by sixteen tiles. That really works for me because it doesn't require a lot of anatomy knowledge. Um, and so for the future, I want to learn. I've done some like bigger pieces recently that are more full body and like required anatomy studying. Um, I kind of want to kind of start piecing together some more pixel fundamentals as well as like illustration, you know, as fundamentals, and try to like build up my my repertoire of skills yeah um and, and one thing that that does help with that um i know you probably don't want to hear it but always do figure drawing <laughs> like yeah. like oh, yeah li literally uh just 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 you know e e even like watch a youtube video like and, and just sketch random people that are in the video um and their their positions and things like that um I think that always helps, um, especially if you're doing character art in general, like whether it be pixel or whatever. Um, it always it always helps because you have uh, it, it's like you have this unconscious or subconscious uh, like sort of reference, and you're not like deliberately uh, using like a pose or whatever. But like whenever whenever you see something that you make. Um, like so like a character in a, in a weird looking pose or something you're like you, you, can, you can actually tell because like in, in your mind you're like you have this reference of, of what it should look like um yeah like if a muscle's out of place or something yeah. you're like too far gray's yeah. been yelling me a lot to do figure drawings um yeah, i have I've been, I've been starting and um looking at a lot of like anatomy reference and like doing stuff like that and uh, it's something i need to spend more time with i do have a, a bit of a full plate so i do it on my free moments but gray's been really being like just do them do them do them for sure yeah uh so gray uh you said you did uh watercolor right uh yeah so uh tell me about that like like uh how did you start with it and um what 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 like methods uh do you uh prefer like wet on wet and wet on dry and all that stuff well um i so i went to college like a university for like um art uh -huh. and i don't recommend that but um yeah. <laughs> not, not a good idea I, i've actually great. been through that too so yeah i, I agree hey <laughs> uh, but i started with oil painting and i hated it but they made you do oil painting and then i was kind of looking at other mediums to try and uh i, I tried watercolor i really liked it and then i i did like, um, I, I don't know, I just, I kind of messed with it. Like, I would actually yeah. do kind of mixed media stuff, too. Like, um, oh, okay. I would include, like, I, I liked using ink with my watercolor. Um, mm -hmm. I did more not fine art stuff, even though I was in school for fine art. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did mostly illustration stuff. Um, so, yeah, like, so for me, um, I, I, I uh, you know, did art as well um, in college. And while, while I don't recommend it, I, I will say that it definitely, uh, there are positives um, because it, it uh, exposes you to, to different things in art. Because um, it like, for instance, if, if, if I'd never went to, to art school, I wouldn't have uh, did, um, what was it? Sculpt, sculpting, yeah. Uh, they had a sculpting class and I took that and uh, it actually was not, not that bad. Um, it was a little messy, but um, I don't mind getting my hands dirty a little bit. Um, so, and and we did welding as well. Um, welding was actually pretty fun. Uh, I don't welding know. was terrifying. Really? 
Yeah, I was, I, uh, I actually, that was part of the reason I kind of quit because oh. I kind of porous. They were making us do welding or like woodwork. And I'm like, ah, uh, no, nope. Oh. Well, if you didn't want to do welding, I think woodworking wouldn't have been a bad option. It's pretty, it's pretty relaxing, honestly. Um, it's those, uh, those machines, they scare me, the electrical yeah. tools. And I think for me, um, so I have uh, like a history of working in um, like, like uh, factories, I guess, like places where they have machines and stuff. So that, that, that type of stuff never really scared me. I guess that's why I um, just went into it with like without any fear at all. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I remember actually one of my favorite things from art school is uh, so we had these 3D printers um, and we had these laser machine, laser etching machines. So like I've never seen anything like these before in my life. I'm like, wait, what the heck is this? <laughs> And I'm like, wait, this is an actual thing? And, like, I've never seen a 3D printer, like, in my life. And I've heard of them, but I've never actually thought I would ever see them. And just seeing how they, like, work is, like, super interesting. I don't know. That's we have a lot of them at my, uh, my university. We have a lot of them. And I've seen people build, like, full-on cosplay props. So, like, they'll yeah. build, like, a piece of like, multiple at a time. So, like... They'll print out piece one, two that connects to the three that connects to the four, and like have a whole thing that they can then sand down, paint, whatever. That stuff gets like super, super complex. Like, it's it's crazy. Um, but I I know like, or actually I f I wonder what the future will be like for that. Like um, may maybe they'll like create a super big three D printer so it'll just print out like statues or something like. <laughs> That'd be insane. Because yeah. I, I know the, the advancements of it, like before, even like a couple years ago, I'd say about mm -hmm. five years ago, they were like insanely expensive. Like you would never yeah. purchase one and own one. But yeah. now you could buy one reasonably. Oh, and yeah. I have friends who own them and use them for like, you know, their their trades and, and university and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, you know, give it another five years, you know, see where it, see where it is. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's been a little over an hour. Uh I guess we can go ahead and open up uh, questions from uh, chat. So if anyone in chat uh, has any questions uh, for anyone, we will do our best to answer them. Um, and while they do that, we can still continue to talk. Um, so actually, for for my future goals, uh, I, I, I think I said, yeah, I said that, that I did digital art. Um, that, that's my end game is... Um, doing digital art for like uh either a company or just like you know doing my own thing um just making illustrations and stuff like that uh, the same kind of like scenic style that you do now yeah yeah but j just in like digital art instead of pixel yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah that's the, that's the that's the goal um uh here's a question here uh gray you you never said what your favorite game was i think she did it was oblivion right for yeah like yeah right oblivion now. yeah uh-huh yeah she said oblivion how 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 are y'all so poggy woggy what is oh eh? uh so poggy <laughs> is a phrase that gray ended up coming up with recently i heard from xqc oh. um and so it's you know play on pog which is a oh, yeah. uh, emote on twitch 
and uh, it's been spreading around our little friend group <laughs> very fast. Uh, we got we were in a friend stream, and the official DeviantArt like channel was in there with us, like just chatting, oh, nice. and we got them to say Poggy Wongy, wow. as well as like a bunch of other people that are like you know more respected than a small artist in <laughs> saying Poggy Wongy. Yeah, and it's uh, gotten out of hand pretty fast. That's funny, yeah. Poggy Wongy. I've never heard of that in my life. That's <laughs> an interesting phrase. So it's like a play on like Pog Champ or whatever? Correct. Okay, all right, yeah. I still don't understand what Pog Champ is, honestly, but um, I've heard of it, so. A lot of emotes on Twitch just come from like, uh, like, so Pog Champ is a person, a streamer that made that face and they turned it into an emote. Uh, um, that's how a lot of these things start, where it's like someone's face during a, a broadcast. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, here's one from Sorceress Game Games. Uh, how do you get over an art block, and what's your secret to get out of it? So I'll speak of that. Um, personally, for me, what really helps with uh, art blocks are just browsing art. Like, find find artists that you really look up to, and then just do studies. Um, like, you can never go wrong with doing studies, uh, whether it be from, like, reference photos or just, you know. So people people will say, like, never copy someone's art, but I have to disagree. Um, I will say never copy someone's art and then post it as your own. But if you, yeah. if you, if you copy someone's art, like, that's, in essence, doing a study. Uh, even if you're literally, like, just tracing it, um, it's it's still, like, helpful, I think. Uh, what, what about, to, what add about you? That, to add on to that kind of yeah. idea, like I've seen people who will take like a really great illustration, uh-huh. not trace the line work, but do sketches over it, like get the shape of the yeah. head, um, the shape of the body, because people assume that just tracing means like line art tracing and then calling it your own. Of course, that's never acceptable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the sake of like for your own practice, like taking a like a full body or something, sketching over it to see like where the face is, where are the shoulders, that could be really useful. Yeah, for um, sure. And in the general art block sense, I personally um, find myself like walking away for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's for a lot of what I do for at least my personal game stuff. I try to just kind of do whatever. Um, I don't have like a set. I, I mean, you have like plans laid out, but I don't like having something too set in stone. So yeah. if I like, I like to do things that are a bit more goofy. And mm-hmm. so I like the idea of having things kind of come naturally. I can't work if I'm you know stressed or, or you know a bit burdened of mentally. So I need to um. Usually, I think people undervalue the idea of like stepping away. And I know Gray advocates this for a lot, but sometimes some time away from art really yeah. helps you clear your mind and come back stronger. Yeah, I, I agree with that, um, hundred uh, percent. What about you, Gray? Do you have any um, tips or tricks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think art block for me is when I kind of lose confidence in my art. Uh-huh. So to it back up, it's uh, I start with something easy. So I draw something that I know how to draw, like, you know, a million times, you know, like yeah. something, something super easy. Um, or another good thing to get out of art block is uh, drawing friend, drawing stuff for friends, I, I think actually oh, helps. Oh, yeah. So doing yeah, like, like an art trade or something like that. Uh, or just gifts, just, you know, you know, okay. just not trade, yeah, just whatever. Nice. Yeah, um, that that's cool. Uh, here's another question. Uh, it says, for Gray or anyone, uh, any resources you would recommend for portraits? Oh, so Gray, uh, I feel more new oriented, yeah. Yeah. 
I I don't know, cause uh, I feel like I just take uh, I look at sprites from like the spider spiders resources, like portraits and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I just kind of look. I don't feel like this is helpful at all. I just look <laughs> at like portraits I like and like take take from what I like, you know, and just leave leave the rest, you know. Yeah, uh, th- I think that is helpful, honestly. Um, for for me, I don't do portraits, uh, but uh, one thing I would do, uh, or one thing I would recommend actually is, uh, well, I'm not sure if they if they're referring to like pixel portraits or just portraits in general, but if you're referring to pixel art, um, anything that you need help with, um, as far as like you know techniques and stuff, I'd say. Uh, go over to Pixel Joint. Um, it's a amazing Pixel blog, uh, and it's been around for like forever. They have resources and all that stuff there. Um, so if you haven't seen that, um, I'd say, oh, it's, oh, they were saying portraits in general. Okay. Um, so on that and that note, then, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, well, I, I don't, I wouldn't really know honestly because I don't really do even portraits. like if you take like uh you know a scene from an anime and crop it down to just like the the characters like, oh, yeah. shoulders, um you can find a lot of really good poses uh and stuff like that of course real life you know shows that are more um like live action can do the same thing where you know you get because of the camera angles you get a lot of interesting poses out of people in general so mm-hmm. it's while well, may not be the most accessible thing um if you can't find a way to like scrub through an episode by like Hulu or something or yeah. Netflix um, it's a nice little resource because if you, you know, if you're watching a show and you kind of find references and save them for yourself, it could be useful. Or of course, looking online for again real life reference because um, the best way to, you know, to get uh, if you're if you're stuck on portraits in general, using real life people as uh, inspiration because you can see where all the, you know, the actual form. Yeah. Uh, and and so I think there's there are a few sites out there that can provide like um, like bust views of people. They're like mm-hmm. they generate um and like you can get like you know people that like provide the photos to them um and so like if you're going for portraits in general i would recommend using like a real life inspiration if you're trying to get down like where would the shoulder go in this perspective and stuff like that yeah um, because as much as i love looking at things like persona um you know that's not going to help me understand anatomy you know mm-hmm. yeah um one thing that i actually just thought of um and i'm not sure if this is an actual thing or not but I guess you could always do a Google search, um, but like so. For instance, what what if they had a uh, like a three D um, sort of not really a model, but like a three D scan of like a person, like maybe from like the shoulder up or something like that, and and you could like actually adjust like you know their pose, um, their expression, facial expressions and stuff. Like, I wonder if they have anything like that. On a less, so well, this thing called the 3D Poser app, but you more pose one of those, like, you know the little wooden dolls you would use? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, you can pose one of those in 3D. It doesn't have, like, expressions and stuff, um, but you can definitely pose, like, the body um, and change, like, the body shape around. I know that some friends of mine use that for, like, more intense camera angles if they don't understand how they would look from, like, a really low perspective. I think it's yeah. called the 3D Poser app okay. or something similar. Um, because those, I mean, they exist in a general sense like that, where you can, like, pose it yourself, and I think those are really cool. Yeah, um, for sure. They mess with that more. Um, here's another question here. Um, what's your worst art enemy? So, like, I guess, um, what, what's, like, your least favorite thing to draw? 
Um, I mean, for me personally, I, I really, like, anatomy is the thing I struggle with most, but um, yeah. when it comes to smaller sprites where anatomy doesn't matter, um, any, like, complex, like, clothing design is oh. so hard to, like, to, like pull off. So, you know, I make... Yeah, like, yeah. if, like, if I'm drawing, like, a, a character with armor, you're not going to get a lot in a small space. Yeah. So, if it's too big, you have a lot of issues with, like, consistency, of course, drawing it, the form and the physics around it. But at small levels where I'm more used to, the biggest thing is anything that, like, we require like you know it's you have to cut down a lot of details so anything that requires like a, like a solid detail that you know you have like four pixels worth of room to mess with that's when you start like pulling out your hair like how would i show this off yeah um that and that's another thing with like pixar you know there, there's going to be restrictions um there's going to be only so much you can do within like the space that you have um and yeah, i any, think yeah I was gonna say real quick, any pose that's diagonal as well. Like if you have like oh, a diagonal, yeah. awful, awful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about you, Gray? Do you have any uh, things you hate drawing? Um, swords, like swords. Swords. In perspective, they're really hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, I wish I was better at it though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, buy a sword. Buy a sword. Pose it yourself. That's true, yeah. And, and, and plus, it, uh, it doubles as self-defense as well, so. Yeah, I mean, hey. you never feel cooler than when you're holding a sword, you know? Exactly, I mean, That's where yeah. you feel the coolest. Um, like, I think my favorite kind of sword is a katana. Speaking of katanas, have you all heard of uh, the, the new Ghost of Tsushima game coming out in, like, a few weeks? Um... I, I've seen some trailers, but I haven't looked into it. Is it a PlayStation exclusive from what yeah. I saw? I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't have the recent gen PlayStation. So. Oh no! I, I, I looked at the trailers, but I don't. I don't own it, so I couldn't really look into it much. Further. Oh man, yeah. Um, that I just want to say, like, that game. I, I've been dying to play like an actual samurai game. Um, and and I know Sekiro came out or Sekiro. I don't know how, how you say it, but uh, that that came out and like. Yeah, it's it, he 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 has a, he has a sword. I mean, he has a katana, but like, is he really a samurai? Nah, not really. He's like, like a ninja guiding kind of guy. He's a ninja basically. He's not really a samurai. Um, yeah, you lose some of the like. I don't know how accurate that game is to like samurai culture and stuff. I know some yeah. games will really like, stretch it and be like, it's basically a samurai, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I think uh, like. The, there hasn't been too many uh, samurai games coming out, honestly, and I think uh, I'm I'm all here for it. Um, I love me some good good samurai. So, um, okay, so uh, my worst art enemy is other than uh other than people. Um, but I don't really draw people, so I'm not going to count that. Um, I'm gonna say, hmm, trees maybe um just because like with trees most of the time unless you're just drawing like a tree without leaves but most of the time trees are going to have different type of textures um so with the, the the bark and stuff you know it's gonna it's gonna be like pretty rough and like sort of like i guess rectangular shapes um as far as picture art comes uh but like the leaves are usually like there's so many different ways you can draw leaves and picture art um yeah and that's actually a really good point because i've seen a lot of people like make different brushes for different types of leaves and that's normally yeah. what i'll do is i'll make um a, a tree like leaf brush for like what kind of thing i want because i in my game i'm doing right now i have more like pine tree looking ones where they're more like the 
the conical like cone shape. Um, but when mm -hmm. I was doing, I was doing a recent mock-up for like an art collab, and I needed more like the like the rounded trees. And so I made oh, this yeah. like the brush, went around with it, then outlined it, kind of did all the details and um, that kind of stuff. Like it's you, it's so much more in depth than you think. Because yeah. if you want like a specific style of tree, whether it be like the long thin branches with like very few leaves or like these very bulky ones, um, a lot of things like it's it, the process for it isn't quite the same as you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know, like, yeah, with so the way I like to draw leaves are usually I I block it out with a similar way that I draw clouds actually. Um, and then sometimes if I'm feeling it, I'll, I'll draw like little spiky edges on, on like certain leaves. Uh, so that way it gives it like sort of sharp feel. Um, if I'm feeling that, that, that sort of style, it just depends. Sometimes I'll I just, think, yeah. yeah, sometimes I'll just draw like my trees pretty much how, how like, or the leaf parts of it, like how I draw my clouds were just like little circles, circular shapes and stuff. And for a lot of times, like that really does work, you know, yeah. um, Mm -hmm. sometimes it really just comes down to like getting the shape of it because you know in places where like the um the textures aren't really that rough like in you know a more clean style you can kind of get away with like these more bubbly trees and i've seen people who really don't put a lot of effort into it because it's just like you, you can tell it's a tree yeah that's all that matters and then the focus of course would be uh, a bit more of the grand scheme of things yeah um that, that that's that's something to uh like for for environment artists, I feel like we have it way easier than character artists because we can always um, choose where to like focus or choose where like we want our viewers to focus on, um, and and that's where we'll spend most of the detail uh, in general. While while as like with character art, I feel like you have to make the whole thing like equally as detailed, or else someone will literally like say. Why is their hand shaped that way, um, or yeah. something like that? And and I think uh, us environment artists have it a little bit easier. Yeah, because people will like the the idea of uncanny valley, where like if something looks off on a person, it's so oh, noticeable. Yeah. Um, and of course, like anime and stuff looks fine uh, because of like the fact that it's like so stylized. Mm -hmm. But anything that's like drawing a person, like if someone's hands a bit too big, you know. Yeah, for and. Sure. Um, you don't really get that, you, know, you don't look at a tree and be like, oh, that's a weird tree. Like, maybe, like, you assume more, like, oh, it's style um, than anything, but with humans, it's so much harder. Yeah, and I think I think it's also, yeah, that, that sort of human aspect is, like, we expect humans to look and act a certain way, but, like, with, with art, I mean, with uh, environments, it's, like, well, it can pretty much be anything because it's up to, like, you know, imagination, really. Um, and I feel like that's kind of a stigma as well, Um because like I feel like character artists should have more freedom with drawing their characters how they want to, um, instead of like how how they're supposed to look or whatever. So yeah, we a lot. I'm I'm always down for more stylization. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really like stylized stuff. Uh, here's another question, actually. Um, what do you prefer to listen to while drawing? Uh, for me, I'll go ahead and answer real quick, and I'll let you all uh, answer. But for me, I usually listen to somewhat chiller tunes than when I'm gaming because when I'm gaming I like you know to get hype and stuff so I usually listen to um like anything ranging from like EDM to rap to pop maybe sometimes um but but usually whenever I, I uh just draw I pretty much listen to either um 
like soundtracks. Um, if you guys haven't heard of the Hyperlight Drifters soundtrack, I highly recommend it. Um, Disaster Piece is a masterpiece. Um, he's he's amazing. Uh, he, he has a, a bunch of stuff actually, but um, yeah, he's one of my favorite composers. Um, uh, also, yeah, I, I, I was say about the Hyperlight Drifters OST a while back. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, uh, uh, pretty much any like jrpg game soundtrack is like top notch i don't know what it is about japanese composers but like they freaking know their music like it sounds so good um it gives you all the feels um it gives you cues bumps and all that good stuff um, oh yeah for sure so uh that that's that's pretty much what i listen to also like lo-fi hip-hop stuff i usually listen to that as well so what about you guys I'm uh, I'm on a similar branch where I listen to a lot of like uh like game soundtracks. Yeah. Um, I'll frequently put on like you know an OST in the background, like a full OST like Mega Man X or something. Nice. Um, and so what I've noticed is that like when I'm playing games, like I can listen to songs like that have vocals, but like if I'm drawing, I really need to, like for some reason I just can't listen to anything that has vocals. It yeah. messes me up. Like, I think too hard. Um, or I focus on the words and stuff, and it, it breaks way. my focus. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's really interesting because I can listen to like. A bit more intense stuff um maybe it's just know. an artist thing i don't know because i feel like a lot of artists are like the same way with that so i wonder if it's that like i don't know if the way your brain processes like yeah this, yeah like that creative side because it definitely like crosses wires and like wait a minute yeah. what was i doing um, <laughs> <laughs> but i uh i definitely like you know like this like i sonic mini ost is great xenoblade chronicles mm-hmm. um Mega Man x stuff like that are really like I try to like I try to pull things that are similar to what I'm drawing, like the feel. Um, if it's like a really intense piece, some intense music, or like a very like you know, it doesn't have to always be one to one, but I try to like incorporate that to see if it like matches and see if it's like kind of one to one with what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, sure. As you say with like JRPG music, it really does paint like a really good emotion, mm-hmm. and if I can do the same thing with the things I draw, then that like whether it be a goofy emotion or a serious one. Uh, that's the thing I try to use the music to help match. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point there, yeah. Uh, what about you, Greg? That's so weird that you guys can't listen to, uh, to both <laughs> or, like, <laughs> I listen to people talking. Like, that's how I listen to, like, trashy YouTube drama videos or, like, oh. or I don't really listen to music while drawing. Uh, oh, wow. So to me. I can't listen to like if i have to think like if it's like uh if it's not art i have to think about it so i can't listen to words with lyrics but when it's art it's usually it's usually people talking about like stuff. <laughs> oh okay that's interesting yeah that is interesting because so um recently i actually have been uh listening to a lot of podcasts and things but like generally when i'm working on stuff and listen to podcasts like I tend to focus more on my work and um I guess I guess that helps. Um, but like at the same time, like I don't know, I think music sometimes inspires you because it invokes these emotions that you can't really explain yeah. with words, so Yeah, um, the only reason that like podcasts don't work for me while I'm working because I get too focused on what they're saying. Like I'm so invested. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um I'll have to like that's why like podcasts for me are good for like mindless things and like lyrical things because exactly. I do focus a lot on the words. Um, uh-huh. And like you said, like the the music over orchestral and like more like composed music that doesn't require vocals does it invokes feeling without need for words. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So nice. Oh, apparently this is uh the first podcast that uh, King W has listened to, so I'm honored. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um yeah, so I actually came up with this idea like in in a day for the most part. Um I was like I had this idea, I was like why, why are there no like podcasts with Pixar artists and um and I, I tried looking up some I think I seen like one but it was like years ago and like they, they didn't really do much else with it so I was like uh, I guess I'll do my own thing um and you know based on the response that I got um online just from the first uh, episode is pretty pretty shocking honestly like I didn't think it would uh take off this good this uh well um but but yeah hopefully i can continue this um i actually have a lot of uh guests who are interested um some some big names in the in the pixel art scene uh my, my i think my my dream guests are probably either be um i don't know if you saw my tweets but i was tweeting about this with someone else uh to have concerned eight like the creator of uh, stardew valley on oh yeah that yeah. would be I mean... that would be like freaking like a game changer <laughs> Especially your now that you're two for two on episodes you've mentioned him in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, I can't not have more. Like, yeah. Like, I have to keep doing this podcast until I get to the point where I can get him on here. So I'm not going to yeah, stop until that. You're not going to run out of artists to find online. At this exactly. Rate. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we can. Go ahead and wrap it up. I mean, if there's any other questions in a chat that we can answer. Um, but do any of you have anything you want to uh, put out there or promote or anything? Uh, I guess I could go first. So I, uh, of course, I post my art on Instagram and Twitter at JDZombie. Uh, probably somewhere on the screen for like a title if it's uh, on the Twitch here or on YouTube. Yeah. Um, the Twitch I stream as well. Uh, I stream my art process if you're ever interested in what I do. So mm -hmm. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I'll definitely be linking that, uh, all, all your socials and stuff uh, whenever I post this stuff. So, yeah. Uh, what about you, Greg? Um, yeah, like, uh, I mostly hang out on uh, Twitch. Um, and I, of course, I have, like, Insta <laughs> Instagram and uh, Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, just just hang out with me on Twitch. That's what I, that's what I like. Yeah. Um, I know I actually saw you. I discovered you on Twitch uh, because uh, more because um, I know you're like in the same team with him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. It's actually been wild how many people because of course Gray and I like are we each other were our first like pixel friends online mm -hmm. and now we've gotten to meet and hang out with so many people like the amount of mutuals I've made on Twitter and people I've gone like hang out with in person, um, like it's it's been it's been wild you know it's been less than a year and yeah. I got to go to packs and hang out with like the yacht club team i got to like get dinner with them and stuff and like i know some people on the team now that's crazy like, I, yeah. love, I love shovel night and stuff and uh gray gets followed by a bunch of like cool artists too and it's always like super cool to see oh yeah speaking um, of shovel night um I, i've actually been thinking of having nick on um as well um nick so, wants. yeah yeah i so. got to hang out with him and so like we were hanging out at packs i got to just, you know oh, nice spend some time with him get some food with him um that's cool and like gray and i of course on the same team as him he's on the same team with a it's us two, Mort, uh, Nick, and some others. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. he's, a, he's a great dude. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, actually, I think he was probably one of the first uh, streamers uh, besides Mort, like, in the team that I, uh, like, you know, 
was uh, watching and stuff. And he, he's like a pretty chill dude. Uh, you know, he seems super cool. So I was like, super dad vibes. Like, yeah, absolutely. exactly, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can get him on sometime soon. Um, I got, I got, I got some other people that were like in my DMs and stuff, like trying to get in, get on. So um, I'm probably gonna get them on first before I like start reaching out to more people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, I'm excited to see like the the progression of like who you get on, and, like the experiences. Cause, like I said, like it's always nice seeing like the other backgrounds of people, like what they, you know, how they go about art and everything. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, so I'm going to head and play this uh, outro song while I wrap it up for you guys. Um, so thank you everyone for coming. Uh, I get, yeah, I'm going to be posting their stuff in in the uh, YouTube, the YouTube video and stuff. Uh, so expect that. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to go ahead and end this call. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. Yeah. No problem. You, you guys have a good day. You as well. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. But yeah, um, so that concludes the podcast. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of who I want for the next episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is a little tune I made, so I guess you guys can listen to this while I uh, hop out of here. Enjoy. Enjoy.